Welcome to season two of Black on Shelf, a podcast championing black and brown entrepreneurs with products on the digital and physical shelves. We engage entrepreneurs and supporters through inspired storytelling, relevant resource sharing, and community engagement. Okay, Black on Shelf community, that's you. You are the mighty boss fam. You're bigger and literally stronger, and I'm definitely excited to grow together. I'm your host, Tanaj Ferguson. This is Black on Shelf. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to season two. Boss fam, we are back. I missed us on the podcast together, but as you'll hear, I've been having more conversations with amazing founders. We really haven't missed a beat. We've been growing as a community. So welcome to the newcomers who discovered us in the past few months, whether on the podcast or on social. Listen, I'm also proud to note that as a community, we're taking up more space on the digital and physical shelf. That's plenty to celebrate. And for Black on Shelf, it only strengthens our resolve in our mission. So we live to see it. So with that success, there's still lots more to gain. You're not stopping and neither are we. So all season long, you can expect impeccable founder stories that inspire and educate. So let's get into this season's first of many more incredible conversations. All right. We are talking to Nikeo Grieco. Grieco. Did we get it right? Grieco. Yeah, Grico. Nikeo Grico. And so excited to really learn more from you. You're a serial entrepreneur known as being a beauty entrepreneur, most known for your brand that's after your name, Nikeo Beauty. But also you have a baby, a brand baby, 13 Loon, you know, an e-commerce platform. We're going to get into both of them today, but I want to know about your background. You know, we know a little bit about you, your Kenyan background. You brought some of your ancient secrets to Nikeo Beauty. You named it after yourself. We want to know what the name is. We want to know how you grew up, how you came into this beauty industry and what makes you Mm -hmm. the serial entrepreneur that you are today that's really killing it in the game almost 20 years strong with Nikeo. Talk to us about your background. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm just excited to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. And Fun fact, Nikeo is my name, but I am named after my grandmother, Nikeo, and the brand is actually named after her. Um, She was my inspiration for creating the brand. As you mentioned, I'm a first-generation American of Kenyan descent. I had the opportunity to meet my grandmother for the first time when I was eight years old, when my parents took me to Kenya. I was born in New York, but raised in Oklahoma. And, And so when I was eight, I finally got the chance to meet my grandmother, Nikeo, and She taught me my very first beauty secret, which was using Kenyan coffee beans that she grew, adding oils and and things from the farm, and then using rods of sugarcane that she also grew to exfoliate her skin. So that was, you know, probably my earliest memory of of bonding time with my grandmother. And obviously that really stuck with me. Um, My grandfather died before I got the chance to know him, but he was a medicine man. And so he had the power to go out in nature and extract oils to treat the skin and ailments. And and so growing up, even though I was growing up here in the States and, you know, from the age of eight on growing up in Oklahoma, my mom would always use these rituals, um, not only in my skin and my hair, but really in her teachings of, you know, what you put inside your body is just as important as what you put on top of your body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she always, you know, leaned towards natural. Now we call it clean beauty. And right after I graduated from the University of Oklahoma, I moved out to Los Angeles. And like many others, I wanted to 
take a stab at a career in the entertainment industry. And I started out as a Hollywood assistant at a large talent agency and kind of worked my way through Hollywood until I found what I really loved to do, which was work in representation with actors and actresses, mostly actresses. And, you know, that job comes with um, challenges, um, opportunities for growth, lots of exciting times. And and what I found the most fun and exciting was the fashion and beauty aspect of working in Hollywood. And so I always wanted to be on the shoots with the actresses. I wanted to be part of, you know, listening in on their beauty deals. Um, I loved all the products that would come across my desk that I often got to share with them. And while I loved it and I've always been, you know, really into clean beauty, natural beauty, um, what I found was really missing, and this was early in 2002, was the continent of Africa. Really missing um, from premium beauty specifically, especially when it came to celebrating the sophistication of Africa. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to leave my job at 27 years old and create Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother's coffee scrub and use some of the teachings that had been passed down to me from my grandfather to celebrate um, the amazing, incredible, efficacious ingredients that come from the continent of Africa that had been used across many brands but at that time, not a lot of credit was being given to, you know, the cradle of civilization and where these products were or these ingredients were harvested. And so that's how I started my job in beauty. Yeah. I mean, thinking back, you know, 27 years old, your company now is, you know, very mature, a 20 year old brand. A lot has changed within the industry. Mm-hmm. I am so yeah. curious about sort of what was the landscape then and how have you had to evolve Mikao? to be successful today? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it was dramatically different back then. Um, when I looked around at the shelves and at, at my other you know, fellow beauty colleagues, yeah. there weren't a lot of people that looked like me. I mean, if any, um, I think, you know, when I think back to that time, it was for a moment, Lisa Price, right? She mm-hmm. was my um, kind of North Star and, and showed me that I could do this. And now the landscape has changed dramatically. You know, now there are so many beautiful, amazing, efficacious brands created by people of color and and more to come. So yeah. So that that allows it to feel um for me to feel as, you know, with my beauty founder hat on, you know, a great sense of progress. But I would say that in the involvement of Nikeo, there are things that have, you know, changed dramatically in the industry. And then sadly there are things that have stayed the same. And I count my lucky stars that, you know, I had those friends and family um, that believed in me from the beginning and helped me get my start. But I would say, even though I couldn't be more proud that, you know, Nikeo is, you know, 19 years old now and, and lives on the shelves at Target, that was a true dream realized due to, you know, lack of access and capital and, and the opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know, go into national retailers at an earlier point in my career. It's been a really kind of long trajectory for me. So, so my hope is that, you know, answering the call, my purpose and my experience is to help others get to uh, black and brown founders to get to success much quicker than I did. Yeah. How, how do you see yourself being able to do that? Like what's, what's, what do you think is one of the critical points that would help a newer brand learn from some of your experience and, and maybe grow a little bit more, a little bit faster? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I think about the fact that I launched Nikeo, you know, back in my 20s, um, yeah. 2002, and then, you know, kind of scaled the brand in my 30s and had lots of stops and starts and fall down and failure and all the moments that you that you hear about in an entrepreneurial journey, you know, now in my 40s, on the back half of my 40s, um, what although I find, you look so 
fountain of youth over there. So like you're literally the walking billboard. Oh, you're very sweet. It's good genes and clean beauty. Seriously. um, You You are walking the walk. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, in retrospect, I believe that founders today, even though they may face some of the same challenges that I faced, there's just a wealth of opportunity to to keep climbing. You know, there was no social media when the KO uh, yeah. Beauty launched for the first that's time. Big, that's you know, now you've got, yeah, no, and now you've got access to like reach your consumer directly through social media channels. Um, mm-hmm. While there's still obviously much work to be done when it comes to access yeah. and capital, you know, now there are funds being led by black and brown people who are investing in the community and, and deeply committed to building generational wealth. So I, you know, I would say that the greatest part of, of where we sit today is that we're able to make a little bit more noise in a really positive way so that we can yeah. inspire that that next generation of founders to know that they can do it too. Yeah. I mean, I even think um, representation, and I'm seeing you, you know, have done it this long is like, oh, I could make plans to try to build a business that can scale, mm-hmm. that can last, that can be sustained. Even that is a lot of hope for brands that just need to know that it can be done. You're, yes. you're that example for them too. And now that you're, oh, you're a lot more you. visible too, now you're on the shelf, accessible. That helps them to know, hey, I could, I have these types of opportunities. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also from, from the industry's perspective, you know, beauty is universal. Um, everybody loves beauty. So many of the beauty ingredients and beauty secrets that we incorporate today here in the Western world are cultivated from marginalized parts of the world. And, mm-hmm. and it gives us an opportunity to celebrate, you know, those beauty secrets, those global beauty secrets. And so I think it's also a chance to just show the industry that we're here. I mean, obviously, we shop to the tune of number one and two black and brown people when it comes mm-hmm. to beauty. And so it's also just time for us to have a little bit more of that shelf space and also to serve a larger audience um, and and to help to debunk some myths that that still exist within the beauty industry. You know, for instance, that black and brown people only create products for black and brown people. Well, we know yeah. that to be absolutely categorically untrue. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, I just try to stay in the lane of positivity, even in the midst of heartbreaking times that, yeah. you know, we are all here to be catalysts for change and, and help to build generational wealth and inspire the next generation. And that's kind of what keeps me going every day. Absolutely. I think something that sticks out to me about your story is also how within these 20 years of really building, I'm, I'm giving you an extra year, but within these about 20 years, one of the things you've really experienced is really the range of opportunities and growth. You know, you were a part of Sundial and then now a part of Unilever. Talk to us about how that happens even <laughs> and what yeah. that has meant for, you know, the direction your brand can go. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that's a great question. Um, you know, in in my career um, as a beauty founder with Mikeo Beauty, um, I've had the opportunity to, to partner with, um, you know, various people through different stages of the business. And, and so when I met Sundial Brands, it was at a time that I was deeply committed to partnering with a company that truly understood my desire to really make an impact, not only here in the States, but on the continent as well, by mm-hmm. ethically and sustainably sourcing, really having partners that really have a deep understanding for my heritage, um, for this consumer. Right. And, and so, you know, that's what led me to them um, after my last partnership. And you know, the way it happens is is the way it happens in so many 
aspects of our life. Partnership is like dating. And so much of it is just about putting yourself out there. Um, When I was looking for a new home for the brand, I went to my network. I went to people that I had worked with. I went to people I admired in the industry and, you know, and asked them, who do you think would be the right partner for me? Do you, do you think it would be best for me to start exploring private equity or VCs? Will you make those introductions? Can I start talking to more strategics? And, and so that's how it happened. It happened by being brave enough to put myself out there and, and not being afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And what were some of the key cues and for, you know, for those of the boss fam who are wondering like, okay, have this great product, but I need it to scale. What are some of those indicators that you would say today, folks, and from your experience, folks should look into to know maybe scaling will require some additional support that they don't have on their own? Because you were able, you know, you thought about the idea of partnering that not every, that's not everyone's thought, you know, or you thought of partnering in the way that you did, where you're like, it really needs to be someone deeply committed to my community, deeply committed to this type of sourcing the type mm-hmm. of portfolio that I want to have. Tell mm-hmm. me what was on your mind. Yeah, I mean, kind of all of the above, what you just mentioned. You know, it was, you know, every time that I would enter kind of a new partnership and growth for this company, it would always be about growth. Um, you know, we as founders, we we aren't great at everything. We know what we're great at. And it's really great as a founder to figure that out early on, you know, where your strengths lie and where you can use support. And partnership is more than just a check. It's more than an investor. It, it it has to be somebody who's strategically aligned with your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's aligned with your non-negotiables when it comes to your brand and, right. and the integrity of your of your dreams. And so I'd say, you know, so much of that is just exploration. It's asking questions. It's not being afraid to say, I don't know, or I need help. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, many entrepreneurs also lack from this disease I call perfectionism and needing to know it all. And and being your own boss, I think, sometimes subconsciously makes you feel that you should have all the answers and, and know exactly what to do. And, and in retrospect, it's quite the opposite. It's really, really important to to be humble and to understand that mistakes are going to be made and that you know, failure is just another chance to get back up on the bike and, and all of those things, while they may sound cliche, are, are deeply important and need to really be embedded in, in, in yourself so that you can have the confidence to keep going. And, you know, yeah, not all partnerships are meant to last forever, right? You know, it's about growth and, and sometimes you outgrow your partners and, and you have to be okay to put yourself out there and try again. So, you know, I think it's, it's really just a combination of of knowing your needs and knowing the needs of your business, um, knowing your numbers. You know, when you think about scaling, as you mentioned, it's, you know, how do I get to, how do I get to profitability smartly? How do I get to profitability by really making an impact in the community? And, and how do I get to profitability in a way that's sustainable? And it's just, you know, a constant, uh, conversation with yourself and then ultimately your partners to help you get there. Yeah. And there's a lot of luck involved as well. Right. You know? right. And, and it's okay to start over. I mean, I can't even count on one hand how many times I've had to start over with this brand specifically, but it's all allowed me to, you know, land in the place that I am today. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that. I think it's the grace that other people need to hear, right? That in the 20 years, you would have had to start over a few times, maybe change packaging, certainly a few times, maybe shift focus. What I do admire, especially about you, though, in all this time, you've kept your portfolio very concentrated. 
tell me how you've landed on really not drive, you know, running after every trend that you could and not getting, you know, mm-hmm. thinking everything is your lane. You've really kept a very focused portfolio amongst the years. That is really hard to have that type of discipline. How, mm. What's your philosophy on that? I mean, I just believe that, you know, the key to a successful business is to, you know, stay authentic to your own story. And, you know, while I started out with, you know, as an indie brand, really focused on the Kenyan ingredients that that I knew from my family. And then as I grew within, you know, various portfolios, I was ex- able to expand the continent of Africa and 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 source bigger and 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 tell you know, stories about regions that maybe my family didn't come from. And then ultimately to start to share global beauty secrets and really, you know, do a deep dive into 18 countries around the globe and and share beauty secrets from South America, Southeast Asia, Asia, Africa, et cetera. It's always been about, with Nikeo Beauty specifically, sharing global beauty secrets and celebrating beauty from around the world that's been underrepresented. So when I mention all of those countries and regions and, and continents, it's it's really, that's that's been it. It's been laser focused. And, you know, I come from a long line of uh, educators and, and farmers and, yeah. you know, people who are deeply committed to storytelling. And so that is part of my DNA. And, you know, I just am able to authentically weave that into the, into my brand and, and, I believe that people buy into people before they buy into products. And so you better tell the truth. Yeah. And so um, that that is why I think it's been, you know, easy for me to stay focused because it's authentically who I am and what my story is. Mm-hmm. For Nikeo, what do you what would you say are some of the milestones across the years? First and foremost, um, you know, and it has been 20 years because I started developing it you right. know, when I was 27, <laughs> launched it, launched it when I was 28. But getting to shelf, you know, at that time, especially in 2001, 2002, there weren't a lot of of black or brown people launching product on shelf in in key retailers like Fred Siegel in Los Angeles and Jeffrey New York and all the retailers in between and getting my products on the Oprah show, getting my products on the Ellen show, having retailers reach out to me saying, you know, we want to carry you. And, and, and some of whom I didn't end up launching for 19 more years. I mean, I remember the first time that I heard from Target, it was 10 years before I ever actually even launched there. And, and I had to make that decision because even though it was the dream retailer, you know, the blue sky for me, I wasn't ready. I didn't have the partnership. I didn't want to go to shelf and, you know, ultimately then have to pull out because I couldn't afford to be there. I, I didn't have the resources of the strategic partners to help me scale and grow there. So I'd say that every part of the journey, even the fails, even the the moments where I had to shut down the business and, and while they were tear filled and on my knees, you know, wondering why I ever signed up for this crazy journey, those moments were opportunities for for growth and for me to show up for myself again. And I think that that is one of the greatest gifts that entrepreneurs can give themselves is in those moments, you know, resilience and perseverance are, they are not for the faint of heart, but Mm -hmm. they absolutely are so validating and empowering when you get to the other side of whatever painful moment you may be in your journey. And, And that applies to all things in life, not even just being an entrepreneur or having a business. And so you know, I'm just grateful and I, and I do see, you know, 
those moments of having to start over or or grow and expand as true gifts because, you know, they definitely led me to 13 Loon. Had I not had those moments, I definitely wouldn't have created my second business dedicated to helping others get yeah. to success quicker, you know? Yeah. So and we, we definitely want to talk about that brand too, because that that's your newest baby. Mm-hmm. Um, before we cross over, one of the things I want to cover is, you know, you mentioned, you know, across these 20 years, sometimes having to start over. I think that's a lot of that. That's like such a learning moment for others. And another point why you're so, your story is so accessible and so humbling, mm-hmm. you know, Thank you're, you. you're able to really share the true journey. And we don't think it's just this amazing 20 years. You know, the reason you're so grateful is because it was this type of 20 years, the times, right. the times when you would close it down, what would you be doing and what would call you back to it? Mm, I would be doing a lot of reflecting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would do some grieving and then I would get myself up out of bed and, um, I was motivated because I needed to work. Yeah. Um, I needed to pay the bills. I was not independently wealthy. I, you know, in, in a couple of those moments, I'd had child number one, child number two. So I needed to use it as teaching moments to show my kids how to get back up again. Yeah. And I would say that in, in, in some of those opportunities to get the chance to start over, it led me to better, better partners for myself, better partners for my business. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would spend that time reflecting on what it is that I had learned. And at times, um, you know, I can remember one time specifically, like around the time that the market crashed before I joined the portfolio that uh, Laura Mercier was founded in, um, I consulted for other brands. I helped other people learn how to start businesses and not just in the beauty space. I, I helped my husband start his accessory line. I helped other people, you know, consulted on a t-shirt brand. I consulted on a candle brand and I used my knowledge and, and the opportunities, um, that I had learned along the way to, to help others, um, skip a few steps. Yeah. I, 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 I helped friends learn how to write business plans and pitch decks is what they later became. Thank God, not 30 page books anymore. But yeah, you know, I just, I just used that time, that education of those moments and, and applied it. Yeah. I think that's going to help some people too. And when, when you had the acquisition from Sundial now to Unilever, how did that change your role in the brand? Mm. You know, in, in a lot of ways, I got to expand. You know, I was I was selling into um, a new retailer. I was able to, you know, reach a consumer in a bigger way than I ever had in my career. It also allowed me to take a step back in order to figure out what I wanted to do next. Um, I knew that I wanted to take all these years of growth and, and joy and accomplishment and pain and challenges and apply it in a bigger way. You know, I've always thought this was bigger than skin. It was bigger than skincare. It was bigger than beauty. Who knew what 2020 would bring um, to so many of our lives, but also to my life specifically when in relation to my career and getting to have that kind of, as Oprah says, aha moment of like, mm-hmm. this is why I've been doing this. This is why I've been called. So yeah, I mean, the acquisition allowed me the the space to to think about how to be better for the collective and, and better for the community. Yeah. And so we have this, you know, we have this crazy year, racial reckoning, a highly political year when, you know, we could all say for sure as people of color, it was trying, you know, it was a racial mm-hmm. reckoning as we're calling it. And 
that really inspired a lot more people to reconsider how they spend their money, what causes do they belong to, you know, mm-hmm. the consciousness that's consciousness they have with the brands that they support. You mm-hmm. had the same moment and were able mm-hmm. to use the knowledge you have from a physical product and you found ways to build a digital product. Talk to us about 13 Loon, your experience, mm-hmm. your journey to it. We've been hearing sort of along the way, you've always had this interest in your community. It was the continent, mm-hmm. it was Kenya, it was people of color and you're doing, you're sharpening, you know, you're coming closer and closer to being able to serve these folks directly. Now it's mm-hmm. materializing in some really big mm-hmm. ways. Talk to us about mm-hmm. your journey with 13 Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, during this racial reckoning and the most uh, integral moment of the Black Lives Matter movement of our lifetime, you know, not only were we dealing with the global pandemic, which obviously we'd never dealt with before, we were also dealing with the pandemic, which is the cancer of this world of yeah. systemic racism. And I had it. And after the death of George Floyd, I found myself and my brand um, showing up on all of these lists of, mm-hmm. you know, top Black-owned, Black-founded, you know, brands to follow, to shop, to watch, et cetera. And, and ironically, you know, 18 years in at that point, I was receiving more attention than I had received in the 18-year journey mm-hmm. Of being a beauty founder. And while it was lovely, I just launched online at Target in February, right before COVID. We were meant to go into stores in June. It got pushed until the following January because of COVID. You know, seeing our sales, I think there was a spate report that said that our sales for Nakaro Beauty had gone up 435% in the month <laughs> of June and alone. And, and um, that was great, you know, selling more product. This is my livelihood, et cetera. But at the same time, it was built on the precipice of such a heartbreaking time. And to truth be told, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about skincare. I wasn't thinking about the beauty industry yeah. at that point. I was thinking about all, all the people that we had just witnessed being murdered so brutally. I was thinking about what did it mean to to live in, in our skin and what did that mean for the future of my children and so many children and and how does it feel that at 47 years old at the time, you know, we were going backwards and and all of the things, right, that so many other people were feeling. And it was overwhelming. And, and so I had to find ways to, to manage the pain. And, and so I decided that it was, you know, I'm going to start shopping the list. I'm going to start supporting. I'm going to start, to your point, spending my dollars somewhere where I feel like I can make a difference. And, and when I started shopping these lists, I was shocked. Here I'd been a beauty founder for almost two decades. And there were list after list after list of these yeah. beautiful products, efficacious products, clean beauty brands with founders with the most incredible stories. Mm-hmm. And I would just go down rabbit holes. You know, we were stuck at home all day long, <laughs> late yeah. at night, Instagram, yeah. you know, everybody was like binging new shows and I was binging beauty sites. And um, and I would just start to go down a rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden I would notice that you know, when I would go to their distribution that most of them, probably 90% of them were direct to consumer and that's the only place that they sold. Mm -hmm. There were maybe a few of us at this retailer and maybe a few of us at this retailer, very few with wide distribution. And I couldn't believe it because as I was watching, you know, Aurora with her amazing 15% pledge and Sharon with her incredible initiative for pull up for change. And, you know, these initiatives being born out of the summer of 2020 and people really struggling to get to like five, six, seven, eight of these brands on shelf. It just made no sense to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also, at that point, was being approached by people who wanted to support allies, other Black and Brown people, saying, "I'm just hearing about your brand. Mm-hmm. I want to shop it," yeah. and sending me DMs of, you know, woodless work on my skin too, Bro. because they happened to not be Black or Brown, which to me was, you know, I couldn't You're believe. Like it. we've been 20. using all the things for you for years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Skin. And they work and they yes. work on my skin and yes. they work on my hair. And I trust what you're saying about your ingredient stories and your brands. And, and I launched my company, Nikeo Beauty at Fred Siegel and Jeffrey, New York, and very upscale boutiques and upscale areas around the country that were not predominantly black and brown shop right. retailers to, to success. So, you know, that narrative in the beauty industry, like it was time to stop. And then I was watching something that I found very dangerous happening, which Mm. was in support of these black and brown, you know, black brands at the time in the summer of 2020, and then expanding into our brown brothers and sisters brands, that we were sort of recreating the black wall, the brown section, you know, and, and that felt ludicrous to me. And then something that was really important that was happening was that a lot of my allies, and I mean my friends and my colleagues and people that I grew up in this industry with, who are not black or brown were reaching out to me saying, what can I do? I, I got to do more. And, and a lot of my friends, a lot of these brands, they've been moving the needle for change and diversity for a long time. And so when I say allies, you know, when I was coming up, you know, Goop was one of the biggest, wow. if I consider an ally, both in front of and behind the scenes. And, mm-hmm. you know, many of these brands that also wanted to fight this, like, opportunity that was happening for us to divide ourselves from one another more. And so I am very much about coming together and that we are all on this earth to work together to make change and and to impact. And so my co-founder and I both live and breathe and preach inclusivity long before 2020, you know, came together and said, we are going to create the first truly inclusive beauty retail platform um, where 90% of our brands are going to be created by people of color. And 15 or 10% of our brands are going to be dedicated to fostering allyship. Mm -hmm. So we're speaking to true inclusivity because we're inviting our white brothers and sisters who have brands who have thought about melanin rich skin and textured hair in their formulations, but also in their companies and who they hire in the ethos and in their shade ranges. And and they're going to sell with us too. And they're going to help us to amplify and celebrate and and bring these black and brown brands to success. And so that's how 13 Loon was born. And it was born, you know, with 13 black owned brands, a small company. That's where the 13 comes from. Yes. yes, What about the 13? 13 actually was, you know, we named the company before we decided to launch with 13 brands. And 13 has always been one of my favorite numbers. 13 and pretty much every other culture besides the Western world is known as a, a number of a goddess. It's known as a number of luck as opposed to bad luck, like they teach yeah. here in the States. And um, and so 2020 was a, a very impactful year. It was a year of shift, change, and, you know, change and shift hurts, but it's got to happen in order to to bring positive impact. And so in the year of 2020, I'm very into astrology. There were 20 full moons or 10, 13 full moons in 2020. And so that to me was magical. And so 13 moon, moon is moon in French um, is why the brand is called 13 moon. And and then we started with 13 black owned brands. Um, We are now up to almost over a hundred BIPOC black and brown owned brands and with a handful of ally brands as well. And, you know, we have always seen this company as an omni-channel opportunity 
that we would be a platform first, a place where people could come and read and learn about these brands, shop these brands. Mm -hmm. Um, But we always saw ourselves having the opportunity to be full touch, um, brick and mortar, et cetera. And, you know, 90 days. Are you saying future vision is 13 loon brick and mortar stores? Yes. And they open on Monday. Um, This Monday. Wow. about 90 days after we launched, um, we got a call from JCPenney. And as we were seeing um, the shift of, you know, Ulta moving into Target and Sephora moving into Kohl's um, and JCPenney building what they are calling, you know, their reimagined Penny's beauty space within. Um, so update that- me, JCPenney's is, does no, no longer has Sephora? Uh, Sephora is moving out to Kohl's. Um, it's in the process it's of moving out to Kohl's. Entirely. Okay. Yeah. I thought they were entirely. expanding, but no, they're shifting. Yeah. Retailers. They're shifting entirely. Gotcha. Yeah. Shifting retailers. And so, mm. um, Penny's Beauty will be the new space. But within, um, the Penny's Beauty space, we will be opening 613 loom stores Stop. within JCPenney. Wow. Um, starting with, um, 10 stores this coming Monday, October 18th. And then we're going to open 313 loom stores in. 2022 and then uh 300 more in first quarter 2023 Jeez. so yes yeah, so we're <laughs> i'm we excited yeah you know this this is so strategic and i think jc penny got to give them a hand clap on this Heck recognizing yeah. the shifting I mean, landscape and absolutely. really saying seeing the opportunity 13 loon can do to bring that consumer into the store that has been struggling a little bit you know absolutely. and this is such absolutely. a fresh move Wow. It is, it is. And, you know, they've, they've got new partners at JCPenney and through their acquisition last year. And JCPenney is the America's oldest retailer. I mean, I remember going to JCPenney when I was little and shopping for my mom's fashion fair. It was the only place yeah. she could get her shade in, in Oklahoma where I grew up. And, you know, they're very committed to hyper-inclusivity. Their customer base is hyper-inclusive. Yeah, um, very diverse. And, you know, we're really excited about this partnership. I'm excited to go from being a brand founder to a e-tailer to now a black female beauty retailer. And, you know, but even more importantly, I'm excited about all the brands that we're bringing to shelf. You know, many of our brands, this will be the first time that they launch um, into a national retailer in our 13 Luna JCPenney stores. And so, um, you know, we're really walking our walk of, you know, being here to amplify and celebrate and, and build these brands to success. And, and so, how yeah. full circle is this? You wanted to help other brands accelerate. 13 Loon is helping to do that. Brands yes. that may have only been able to be e-commerce now has an opportunity to, you know, build, get that traction, get the visibility. 13 Loon is helping them, you know, um, get access to these spaces that they usually wouldn't at this phase of their growth and development. That's amazing. It's so full circle. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited. And, you know, 13 Loon is a place of discovery. And so while we have brands that are that are bigger, that sell at other large beauty yeah. retailers, we also, you know, to your point, have some of these brands that we've, you know, discovered, you know, new brands, brands that are killing it, like Ami Kole and, you know, mm-hmm. on our platform. So, you know, so we'll continue to, um, you know, expand our platform, continue to deliver that content through our platform, yeah. onboard new brands, bring on more allies. Um, and then I'm excited that we're going to have this truly inclusive store space where you will, you will, you know, get to experience our founders. You'll get to experience these incredible brands. You'll get to shop all of them, including our allies. So this is not the black section of a right. store. This, this is, is a bringing it together. Yeah. 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 And, and so we'll continue to grow. And, and, you know, my hope is, is that 
the retail landscape across many industries will look at our model of 90-10 and see that it's a great business move. And that when we talk about access to capital, that they'll really invest and get behind these brands because we're going to make sure that they are hugely successful. So if people didn't know that you are sharp, now they know because you have done this in a short period of time. And what it tells me is really, you know, your vision was very clear for what this was meant to do. And Mm -hmm. really that your 20 years experience certainly allowed you to accelerate your new baby because now you're very Mm -hmm. well experienced. You know who to talk to. You have partners and relationships and this bigger vision of, hey, I can do big things. Mm -hmm. Wow. What did your 2020 look like? (laughs) And my 2020 from, a, from was, a work standpoint, a discovery, yes, a development, yes. this is a lot that has happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my 2020 looked like, you know, supporting Nikeo at, at Target Online and, and then, you know, launching into Target stores January 21st of last yeah. year or this year. And then, you know, a business born out of COVID, a business born wow. on Zoom. Um, you <laughs> on know, Zoom. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, h- hiring people that I only met through a computer screen. Um onboarding brands that I found, you know, through our incredible buyer, Janelle, yeah. um, who came from Netaporte Beauty and now is the, um, she's also a black woman, um, head buyer at 13 Loon. And, you know, it, it, it was about, you know, a lot of it was about raising money, yes. um, which is, um, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, um, there's some old paradigm stuff that's still there, but also mm-hmm. growth for myself and understanding that I'm not here to change an old paradigm. I'm here to create a new one. And so, you know, onboarding with some incredible strategic partners that are here Mm -hmm. for this business. That is, it is a business, but it's, you know, you can do good in the world and you can build great businesses at the same time that are really aligned with that theory for us. And so it's, the hustle is real, but it's bringing me great joy um, at a time that can be extremely challenging for so many to be joyful. And so for that, I'm just in, in deep gratitude and I'm in deep gratitude for the, for the, um, support and and for everybody that's shopping the site for all our future customers in our stores at JC Penny and 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 to Penny Pennies for for believing yeah, in us believing in me deal. as uh someone that you know can be a player in this beauty retail world so Absolutely. um you know so all is good the vision to come. for you to just continue to be to grow and be that strong competitor that can show up right next to Sephora, mm-hmm. right next to Ulta. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about the vision for 13 Loon. Who who do you want to be shopping there? What do you want the experience to be? What can we expect? Well, you know, that's a great question. And it's a question that I, I love to give the answer to, which is, um, I say very boldly, um, we are thinking of our BIPOC consumer first. We are thinking of bringing on products that are, yeah. you know, really great for men and rich skin and textured hair. But I would say the difference between 13 Moon as a platform and now uh, a retailer than than many others is that we are not black for black and brown for brown only. We are black and brown for all. And so for people who are trying to make true impactful change in the way that they spend their dollars, um, we're really a space to encourage you to make your beauty shopping more meaningful. Not only are you going to get the most incredible products from an amazing array of founders and efficacious ingredients and, and formulas, you're also getting the chance to put money back into the community by elevating these founders. And, mm-hmm. and so these products are for everyone. You know, if they work on melanin-rich skin and textured hair, you know they work on everyone else as well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm very excited that 
you know, we've seen a very diverse consumer base through the platform. And I only expect that to become even more diverse through our yeah. partnership with, with Pennies. Definitely. So for those who are starting in e-commerce or have a physical product, what advice would you give around dreaming big? Because that is something that's such, you know, a key hallmark of your story, I would say. You know, you really, particularly with 13 Loon, you came in swinging from the beginning. You saw this vision for what this could be, the beauty of inclusion, and really taking it that next step. What would you say around believing in yourself, having this bigger vision, the possibility of that? How are you continuing to feed into, you know, feed into that vision for yourself? Because it's, it's, it's big. It's beyond you at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, definitely. I mean, and I think that's a really good point that it's beyond me. It's it's bigger yeah. than skincare. It's bigger than the beauty industry. It's it's bigger than, than all the things. It's a shift in behavior when it comes to yeah, shopping beauty. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so, so you know, A, continue to dream big, um, go for the stars. You've got this one life to live and it lasts two seconds. So make sure that you are, are, you know, grabbing life by the stars. And I also think that go easy on yourself in the process. Mistakes are meant to be made because they're about growth. And mm-hmm. I'm sure in, in my career across whatever I create, you know, there will be mistakes made, but there'll be yeah. wins and growth yeah. through those mistakes. So to go easy on yourself, um, to be humble, I think that it's hard when, you know, there's a lot of rejection as, as a business owner. There's a lot of rejection when it comes to, you know, customer acquisition and things like that. And so, you know, be humble, know that like, it's, it's okay. You know, don't let your ego get the best of you. And, and, but I would also say that and, and follow up with, you know, be confident, you know, you are you and you are your story and you are your creations and you are your gifts and, and you were created to do big things. And so just keep believing that and, and, and bring along others on your journey, help others get to success, um, do better for the collective, do better for the earth, do better for our brothers and sisters in our communities. And, and ultimately we'll level that playing field. We'll help to alleviate systemic racism and have fun to do it through the lens of beauty. Definitely. I would ask you about milestones. 13 loon but you're still kind of living in them <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely where where did you say the first stores um opening monday will be um we're opening 10 stores oh, um 10, the first 10, 10 stores. stores um yeah so i don't have them all memorized but yeah. i know um you know i'll be in whittier california on monday mm-hmm. uh october 18th mesquite texas mccallan texas mm-hmm. dearborn michigan Bloomington, Minnesota. We'll be in Connecticut. We'll be in Florida. Um, so you know, those and are growing. List of, and, and growing, growing. <laughs> and then and then by um, mid year next year, there'll be three hundred more to come. So Amazing. so you know, definitely you know, shop and follow us at Thirteen Loon. Absolutely. And then, um, we'll have our own landing page, our own Thirteen Loon landing page at jcpenny.com, and and then obviously come see us in stores as well. Amazing. Well, we're so proud of you. So excited. Thank you. Love that we're, you know, talking to you at this part of your journey. We're clearly going to have to come, have you come on again to talk to us about how that early stage is going once you have more Mm. stores down. So we will definitely follow up. But, you know, we really appreciate this. I I honestly want to know, and you're the perfect person for this. What does it mean for you to be Black on Shelf and to be bringing Mm. more representation on Shelf with 13 Loon? what does it mean for me to be black on shelf? It means that I'm living out um, my parents and my ancestors 
and my community's loudest dreams. Definitely. Yeah. So we're going to follow 13 Loon. We're going to follow this growth that's about to happen. And you can count on us to support. You built this for us. We're so grateful and excited and we're rooting for you. This is amazing. This is certainly amazing. Thank you again for coming on and sharing your journey. We're, We're thrilled to be at the start of it as well. Oh my gosh. And thank you for having me and thank you for telling our stories and, and thank you for your support. It's, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. Awesome. I appreciate you too. Thank you for joining us on the Black on Shelf podcast. Visit our website, blackonshelf.com and subscribe to the show on platforms, including Apple podcast, Spotify, and YouTube. So you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media at Black on Shelf. If you are a founder or expert or want to recommend someone interested in being on the show, complete the Boss Podcast request form using the link in the show notes or on our website. If you love the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes. Finally, if you want more of all things Black on Shelf, join our Boss LinkedIn community to stay connected with other listeners, entrepreneurs, and experts. I want to grow the Boss fam, and I'd love to stay connected with you. Thanks again for listening. All right, catch you next time.